Welcome to the Business Collective Podcast with Terry Fletcher. Weekly conversations and insights on how to go from employee to consultant in any business field where your years of expertise can be showcased. Take your career to the next level, entrepreneurship. Now here's your host, nationally recognized healthcare consultant, speaker, and author, Terry Fletcher. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Business Collective Podcast, or I should say welcome back to it. My name is Terry Fletcher. The last time that you've heard me on the Business Collective Podcast was actually December of 2020, where we were right in the height of the pandemic. And I just felt that entrepreneurship at that time, as I was talking about it, and we went through a whole year of episodes on the podcast, maybe wasn't being well received enough. And so I wanted to put it on hold for just a little bit and then come back and revisit it when our economy started changing, even though we we are dealing with some inflation, we are dealing with some things that are meeting its challenges. But in saying that, I know a lot of people have started to really look into some passive income, which means your side hustle, things that you're doing on your own, and also trying to get back to from being an employee to being an entrepreneur and making it happen. So I wanted to restart a reboot the Business Collective podcast in 2022, and we are in August, so we're in the middle of the year, and just see, you know, what everyone's doing and just giving you some insight maybe if you really are trying to figure out if you want to make that transition from employee to entrepreneur and what it's going to take to make that happen. One of the things that I have seen out there is the rise of certain niche items and certain niche items where people are trying to find this space a lot in the consultant space, a lot in the service oriented space. And what can they do that nobody else is doing? Well, one of the things I have found was that professional headshots um, are now starting to be kind of the, I don't want to say that the new thing out there, but they are now conveying, you know, professionalism and the personality and is now serving as a personal brand for somebody. So anybody with a camera and not a cell phone camera, but someone who actually wants to call themselves or wants to be referred to as a serious photographer um, or wants to fill up that space, you would have something like a Canon, a Nikon, a Sony, possibly a Fujifilm, Pentax, something like that, Olympus. And you you basically have all the equipment to go with it. Now, I know that takes a little bit of money and investing in that. But if you have it already and you're trying to figure out what you want to do instead of on your downtime, just, you know, taking shots of the beach or of outside spaces, you might want to consider getting into this space of taking professional headshots. So there are LinkedIn reports that bios with headshots get 21 times more views than those without, and users are receiving nine times more connection requests when they include pictures of themselves versus pictures of, you know, items or landscape or anything like that. And also, I just read something in the Wall Street Journal, getting the headshot just right is leading some people to pay more than $1,000 for a set of headshots. And it could be just, you know, a set of a five or six or a dozen. So headshots don't help everyone equally, though. And I got this from an executive recruiter that I was speaking to, that, you know, sometimes leaders of a company are trying to fill a key position. 
And they may have in their head a predetermined notion of what an ideal candidate should look like. Now we have what they look like on paper, but we need to know what they should look like to fit into their system. Now, historically, I'm noticing that most of them have told me, and this comes from reliable sources, mostly recruiters, they usually offer, you know, often picture a white businessman. Okay, though some clients now are increasingly seeking people who will diversify their senior ranks as an entrepreneur, you're going to want a headshot that is going to, you know, really give your personality, really uh, fill an, a niche of maybe a subject matter expertise that you have. And a lot of these photographers, and again, I'm speaking to you for anyone that is looking to get into this space, a lot of photographers are also offering facial expression coaching and offering the best lighting, um, the best opportunity to show who they are outside of not only their workspace, but also their personal space, but to bring the candidate who's either looking for a job or looking to uh, focus on their brand and that professional professionalism or that professional uh, space, a look that is going to encourage people to either buy their product, uh, engage in their services, or remember them from a conference, uh, from some kind of engagement that they've seen them in person, or now since everything's filled with virtual um, services and virtual uh, contact, did you see them on a Zoom call? Do they look the same? And also making sure that you are updating your headshots. I know I have one, and the last time it was taken was 2016, so it's been a couple of years. I need to update that as well. But I like that picture. <laughs> but I also like to picture from when I was 24, and now that I'm double that age, a little over, um, you can't use that picture anymore, especially if you want to reflect that you have had 20 or 30 years experience in the business. Think about that. I was looking at a picture recently on somebody who had their headshot in one of their profiles on social media, and it looked like they were 25 years old saying that they had 25 years experience. That doesn't work. So it has to be as current as possible. I would say within the five-year period is really kind of where you're at. See, I just kind of aged myself as well. So I'm ready to get a new professional headshot and work with somebody that understands the healthcare space I'm in, for example, and what I'm trying to convey to potential clients to have somebody um, look at that and say, okay, that's a person that either looks friendly or looks like they know what they're talking about. Um, and actually it's, it's interesting because you know about making a first impression. They say you can only make it once. And so you really want to make sure that you find that uh, photographer. And again, I'm putting this out there as a business collective possibility that this could be your special niche. Or for those of you that are looking to make that transition from employee to entrepreneur, there's now this place to start with a professional headshot. Now I say that because now I wanted to move into something that is important in a service-based industry for those of you that, again, are moving from employee to entrepreneur. And I wanted to start this in 2022 because there's been an acronym that's been thrown around that some people don't even know what it is. And it's an SME. What is an SME? That is a subject matter expert. This is someone who has a deep mastery and specialized knowledge of a specific subject. Could be technology, could be a process, could be computer software. It could be uh, a specific role. It could have 
um, something in an area of law, education, accounting, um, could be what I'm doing in healthcare space when it comes to auditing, coding, billing, um, compliance, could be in software development, could be an IT system. See, I'm throwing out a lot of different options. Could be in engineering, public relations, customer service. Boy, do we need subject matter experts there. Um, marketing could be an SEO, which is search engine optimization, meaning how does somebody find you on the internet? So SMEs, again, subject matter experts, could be internal employees that been, have been hired specifically for their knowledge or somebody who's been hired as a consultant, which is something that I get to be hired for quite a bit. These people are uniquely qualified and known as the authority, I'm air quoting, on a specific subject. And they also can function as a resource for other team members within an organization. And as a rule, there's actually no specific people management duties um, that a subject matter expert is responsible for. What we actually focus on is our specific niche and provide services that relate to that specified area of expertise. And so as a consultant, what is the role of an SME? And this is how you would market yourself. So I started as the headshot, hopefully there's some photographers out there, but now you're trying to figure out, okay, how can I become that SME and what would my role be? Well, it de definitely depends on your specialized, specialized area and how you want to work. So to understand where processes need to be improved and what needs to change, you may not have to do something that is a deep analysis of current issues that could be undertaken. You're finding from somebody else's data to find strengths and weaknesses within that data where they can have some improvement. Input on processes and investments. So you can be that neutral or unbiased approach uh, to specific investments and processes that allow businesses maybe to take advantage of your expertise in a certain space. That can include technical or advanced concepts, uh, making them easy or simple and easy to understand. That's kind of what I do in the healthcare space, just breaking down something so it's really easy to understand. I podcast with a lot of different um, subject matter experts. And it's funny because one of the podcasts that I'm involved with is with Sean Weiss and it's called The Compliance Guy and in the healthcare space. And Sean is very uh, technical. We were just talking about this. He works in the defensive space um, for legal challenges that practices physicians, hospitals find themselves in when not following the rules. Well, I am part of the offensive space where I try to make sure before they get to needing Sean that they basically are proactive in clean claims, making sure that things go out correctly and understanding the rules, the regs, the federal guidelines and things like that uh, in the healthcare space before it leaves the, the office in a, a billable situation. So it's, it's funny when you are somebody who takes a tough subject and breaks it down, how important that is for practices, for people, for anybody that you're in a space of uh, information and that you can take that information and make it easy to understand or give them a simple, sim a simplistic way of looking at advanced concepts. Maybe advising on business investments or equipment. So a lot of subject matter experts can help businesses decide, you know, where to invest and in making improvements, especially when it comes to expensive equipment or possibly uh, expensive expansion of their um, their business. Uh, making technical information digestible for other departments or being what they call a generalist 
um, for employees. And that's an important part of the expert knowledge of an SME. Being able to train other staff members and their employees on new processes or equipment in the right way. And that's a tough thing to do. Um, I know a lot of uh, SMEs are also possibly called as expert witnesses in court cases, maybe about financial matters, a specific piece of legislation. Um, and also you have to be strong enough to deal with some of those legal matters. I know I've been an, an expert witness in several cases involving healthcare. And so those are things that are really important too as an SME to understand how to be that, st that strong person in front of an audience. Now, how becoming an SME is a little bit of a challenge, but first of all, the first thing is that you need to make sure you're choosing the right subject. To become a subject matter expert, you need to be enthusiastic about your specialty or your specialized area, which should inform your decision about what subject area to choose. So it's also a good idea to choose something that there's a high demand for, whether you're looking to become an employee or work as a freelance consultant. The other thing that you may want to think about is whether there are any opportunities to further specialize what you do and provide a better service, meaning can you get credentialed? Can you get certified? Can you show someone something, maybe a piece of paper that says you've been trained on this? Not only do you have experience, but you also have a certified piece of paper that says I've passed a test and somebody's you know quizzed me, what do I know? And then learn as much as possible about your chosen area. Building knowledge is what you need when you're trying to special, specialize in a certain area. Um, most SMEs have either advanced degrees or experience, so you want to consider some kind of education again on this. Getting firsthand experience is also necessary. You need to have a working knowledge of your subject in a workspace in a workplace scenario, and that can be invaluable. You know, I talk to my daughter about this every once in a while. She is a 27-year-old just go-getter, just a really good um, sixth grade English teacher, but she's 27 and she's in her third year teaching, and they're already wanting her to move into administration. Well, consider, a, you know, a 45-year-old teacher who's been doing it for 20 years, trying to take direction or information from a teacher who's just starting her third year and is 27. It's not going to happen. You have to have that experience. You have to have that working knowledge where the person that's going to hire you, especially if you're an entrepreneur, especially if you're going out as a consultant, where you can pull from that experience, where you can say, well, you know, I have 10 years in this or a practice I was dealing with 15 years ago. And then again, five years ago, and then again yesterday. This is something that I deal with a lot. They want to know where your experience comes from, how many you know practices have I worked with, how many clients have I had in a certain space, and that working knowledge is just um, extremely helpful when it comes to being a subject matter expert. So you might not often be able to find a paid position to hone your craft, but you might also be able to maybe volunteer your services for a business. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. So you want to be paid, obviously, as a consultant, as an entrepreneur in what you do. But a lot of things that we do, we do have to offer up some services that expose you to the public. So for example, I teach a lot of courses, um, typically in the webinar and in the virtual space because of the pandemic. Uh, now I'm getting back out there as far as in person because everybody now wants that. 
but there's a couple times, let's say for local chapter offices of a certain um, specialty organization, I'll do something for, I don't want to call it for free, but I call it gratis. And then they usually send me some kind of gift card. Um, but also they put, you know, pass along to their entire client base, who I am, what I did, what, you know, what I gave to them. And I get referrals from that. So there is a monetary endpoint. And so you may have to volunteer in that type of situation to make sure you're still getting your, your name out there. And then again, for some becoming a subject matter expert, it doesn't necessarily come quickly unless you dedicate literally hundreds, if not thousands of hours to studying, to honing your craft, to making sure you understand that everything really changes. Technology, software, information, everything that I teach that I put out there, I make sure that I always put a disclaimer in my education materials right at the beginning saying, today this is current, but tomorrow it could change. And the bottom line is, remember, and this is what I will end with today and continue this at another another time as I expand more on this, if you're looking to become a subject matter expert, especially in the consulting or service-based industry, you cannot fake it until you make it. I see that so many times in this industry where I'm in medical, in industries and business, where somebody says they have the experience and then I see them secretly typing into Google to find the information that the, and the knowledge that they already said they had and that they don't have. So remember, you're building a reputation and that reputation is getting your name out there and just in, you know, not just the headshot, but your name out there as a subject matter expert, you have to make sure that people understand that you are an expert once you build yourself up into that, that your, what they call it specialism, um, comes from recognition in your space, networking from, you know, local meetings or conferences relating to your field. And just making sure that as you're building this reputation, you are not putting stuff out there that you don't know. So you can provide value and knowledge through writing a blog, writing articles that are relevant on your subject. Um, you can start a podcast like I did, or you can ask to be featured on someone's podcast that isn't a solo podcaster like I am and two of mine to share your perspective on information. And that can also get you out there. So just remember your reputation is key here and you want to Always make sure that if you're going to put something out there from an SME perspective, that you have that reputation, that it's accurate, that you do have that information, you do have that insight because people will see it. And so that's always a, a really big deal um, when it comes to being real and making sure that as a subject matter expert, that you have that knowledge and that you're not faking it. The Business Collective Podcast was brought to you today by Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R, voiceover services. Find the perfect voice for your audio or video in any style, language, or accent. Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R.com. Okay, thanks everyone. I appreciate you coming back to the Business Collective Podcast. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks and everyone make it a great day. And thank you for listening to the Business Collective Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Business Collective Podcast. Drop us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out our website and blog at 
www.business-collective.com. 